The Nerd Eternal Podcast Network presents... Hello and welcome to another episode of Man, I'm Too Old for This Show. I'm the token young host, Tarky, and with me today... The experience that some call Jason. And... The Godfather. And today, not to timestamp this too hard, but Season 8 of the competitive season of League of Legends has just started. And I'm not able to play it because I have to host an episode. So, so I'm going to spend this episode talking about competitive gaming. But with me are two people old enough to have been gaming well before competitive gaming was really that big a thing. So we're going to be talking about the startup of it. You know, competitive gaming when it was on a local level. Maybe you heard like a video game tournament in the paper. Or maybe a radio spot happened. Or something small time. So we'll pick it up first with the experience known as Jason. We've lived in a relatively rural area, so this may not have even happened that often. But do you recall when you started gaming, was there ever any mention of a tournament of any kind? Or did you invite friends over for a big group play? Well, let's see. I started gaming with the Atari 2600. <laughs> I played that too. Don't worry. Tank, well, it's competitive. You could play it with Yes, people. yes. And I'm quite certain my buddy Roscoe and me shot each other in tank, in warlords, uh, combat. Combat was the one I think I was. Yeah, combat. Yeah, combat. Combat was a good one. Warlords I always liked. It was one of the few paddle games I like. But, uh, so a little bit with that. The Nintendo had a lot of two-player games. As far as competitive, as far as, like, tournaments or anything, I was up some age before I heard of anything like that. Other than, I had a buddy, uh, his nickname Chewy, so that's what I call him in this. He would do LAN parties, which is what you did back before online gaming really got big. You, everybody would show up with their computers and you'd network them together. Um, around this time frame, if you don't mind me, right. would also be when Competitive Doom was happening. As Competitive Doom players would have to meet in person to play each other. Yeah, one time there was a uh, a con up in Huntsville called NovaCon. They only ever did the one. It was hosted by a, a, a RPG and board game company that was getting started up there. It fizzled out, unfortunately. But, but they had a room full of computers put together that everybody was playing uh, uh, Star Wars Battlefront. I think the original one. Uh, it was all Apple computers, so the, the PC version had been out a while, and this was this was like the year the Apple version had come out. So I think one side of the table was the Imperial, and one side was uh, Rebel. I forget exactly. I know I sit in there and played a crap load. It's a good game. Yeah, but they didn't really have a set of tournament style, but it was everybody competing against each other. Like I said, I was up to an age where I ever heard of any kind of tournaments. And when it starts airing on TV. No, oh, it's good to air on TV. It's publication, it gets it out. And it gets but, paid. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. If you had asked me at the time, the, or if you had told me, I should say, at the time, that you were going to have competitive gaming with, you know, a million, a million or more dollars at the jackpot, I, I would not have believed it at the time. Because mm-hmm. I'd have been sitting there going, well, who would want to watch somebody else play the video game but in the when sa- you could be there playing? Right, but in the same strain, why would you watch people play poker professionally when you can play poker? You make a very fair point there. Usually the album, the host, the hostess. Yeah, it's... That's literally the only reason why I've ever watched competitive poker. 
Oof, she's pretty. Well, competitive poker did not catch on at first. It didn't really catch on until they started showing you everybody's cards. That's true. Then people watching it got more interested. Because then you know when somebody's bluffing and you're waiting to see what the other guy do. Or you're sitting there looking at everybody's cards and trying to decide what you it do. Adds, it added suspense. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's still not something I'm into. And to Todd Father, mm -hmm. you grew up in a few different areas, so. Yeah, I was there. I was Atari 2602, and, you know, as competitive as we got with that was, like I'm saying, either combat or I can remember I had uh, basketball. I was, as far as the neighborhood went, nobody could beat me in Atari basketball. You know, maybe because I was that good. Maybe because the thing was set where I had the difficulty set wrong. I don't know. Game that makes me think of cheating, basically. Makes me think of, I forget what holiday it was. We had some family over. Uh, is this the duck hunt story? This is the duck hunt story. Oh, I love this story. Yeah, now, you, now you got it hyped up. It's going to be disappointing. But my cousin Kathy and her father get, get competitive on duck hunt. So my uncle is winning. He leaves the room while Kathy's taking her turn. She scoops up the TV. Don't tell him I'm scooping up. Okay. You know, if I grab the other controller, the, the player two controller, I can control the ducks, right? Hurrah. <laughs> well, you didn't have strict control, but you could kind of steer. Yeah. Pardon me, When he said her eyes, her eyes got big. He did a hand motion thing. You can't see that. Oh, right, right. So, so then I would tell her what part of the screen I was going to steer the ducks to. She started doing much better. The My uncle came in was very impressed how, how well she was doing. Though I cannot for the life remember if she actually, I think she actually beat him, but I don't remember. He was a much better shot than she was. Much better shot than I was. I love that. I find that was fun. Yeah. Well, you know, games are always competitive. Mm -hmm. I mean, even Mario, you kill it with separate scores, you get two players. Yes. Well, that was the thing, was any game that had a competitive system would live longer. Even early on. If you could have two people go, well, I think I can do better than you in this, the game will last longer because the two people keep playing to try to beat each other. Mm -hmm. Well, that's one thing I found amusing. Like with you and our brother, I don't, I don't, I don't guess y'all do it anymore now that now that he's moved out and you're married and all. But y'all used to do the annual Christmas Eve Mega Man speed run. Mega Man X speed run. Excuse me, excuse me. I knew it was one of the games. I don't know which one. That's a game that does not have a two-player mode. It does not have a competitive mode. But people have made it competitive by timing themselves on how long it takes to complete the game. Commonly referred to as speed running. Yeah, they do that with a lot of different games. And to be fair to Eric. I keep using his name. Oh, well. Yeah, to be fair bad. to our brother, I could beat him very handily. I choose not to. I play it the same way he plays it, and I do not use any speedrunning tactics. Because he has not watched the speedruns of it, I could beat him by about 12 minutes and not care. For the record, those of you in the very, very rare niche who know what Iceless is in Mega Man X speedrunning, I've done it once. So I can theoretically do it, and it is a speedrunning tactic that saves you, like, probably like a minute and a half of gameplay. Which on a speedrun is, you know, Yeah, in, you in, incredibly off. important to shave off. And there are boss skips I could do that I don't do. And all this extra stuff, but regardless. But anyway, you can make a game competitive. Right, you can make any game competitive if you feel like it. But I don't think, I don't think you get million dollar jackpots for speedruns. Right. Now, let's back this one. When is the first game you heard of where there's a competition with a money prize? 
Let me see. Because I know there was a Pac-Man tournament that had a money prize. And the and winner of that, I think, ended up with a hot sauce promotion as well. You know, I, w I would not have thought of that. Now that you mention it, I do remember vaguely hearing something about that. I don't know if maybe there was a comic book ad for it. That one, that one was a ways back. I think the first one that I thought that I heard of, of like an actual competitive something that had a cash prize was probably Madden. I know Madden had a lot of people that used to work with a guy that I used to basically joke with him that I was going to be his hype man. If he ever, you know, because he played it a lot, you know, competed online a lot, you know, back in the days would bring the video game system to work and beat people there. And I used to say, yeah, you know, if you ever go professional, yeah, I, I don't, you know, I can't play it, but I'll be your hype man. I'll be the guy. Yeah, it's Dream Crusher. He just took you out. Punk it. You know, I'd be that guy. But yeah, <laughs> you you were going to be what was preemptively shoutcasting. Yeah, I, I was. Well, at the time, I was looking at being his hype man. I was going to be his flavor flavor, his two big MC. I was going to you know get in his opponent's head, talk about how bad they suck. <laughs> Psychological yeah. warfare. Yeah, yeah. All right. Oh, did you guys? No, I was I was just going to say the first time I could think of where you actually had kind of a league or. Uh, Seasons was probably League of Legends. I don't know if they were the first ones to do it or not. But. They were not the first. I don't want to claim Dota 2 was the first, but if they were not, they were one of the super early ones. Uh, Dota, Dota 2 is a, is a MOBA similar to League of Legends. And for those that might not know what's a MOBA, in other words, he wants to uh, Matt, No, I don't know. Yeah, you can't assume that anybody that might listen to this knows what the hell that is. So. Uh, a MOBA is a multiplayer online battle arena, which is more or less a team deathmatch of a certain number of players, all playing one specific character or two specific characters in games that allow switching. And you are both racing for an objective, taking a base, capturing a flag, something of that matter, where you have to destroy buildings to get to a main objective, where killing each other is a temporary displacement of the opponent. You kill them, in 30 seconds they'll go respawn at their base. Almost all of them are from a third point perspective of either over the shoulder or a bird's eye view, where you have a specific number of talents and abilities available, typically go on cooldown when you use one. And you have to play strategically with your team in order to achieve the objective faster than the opponent. Smite might be an exception to that. Smite is an over-the-shoulder mm -hmm. style, or slightly behind-the-back third-person perspective. It was the one I was thinking of when I was thinking that not all of them are over-the-top. Yeah, most of them. League of Legends probably being the biggest one. Though League of Legends and Dota 2 are of such similar statuses, it's hard to tell. Where is Heroes of the Storm in there? Which is the Blizzard one. Alright, in that form, Heroes of the Storm is by no means a failure. But it has not achieved the same heights of its own accord as League of Legends or Dota 2. Heroes of the Storm is fun. I play it. But its big hype man, its big reason it's big, is because it's a blizzard and it's free to play. Which most most competitive games nowadays are free to play. 
as that increases the player base, increases how long your game survives. And a lot of people aren't going to play it if it's pay to win. Right. Now, well, if it's pay to win, does it make you gamble? Well, pay to win is the term if you can spend real money like, to unlock extra characters, okay. things okay. that give you a real tangible benefit. Okay. Where, like in Overwatch, which is one that do leagues and stuff, in fact, I think a new season of it just started up recently. You can spend real money to get alternate costumes or alternate spray patterns if you put a wall that you run by or or just visual things, extra lines, just stuff to personalize the character for you. But it has no real in-game effect. Okay. A pay-to-win would be like, let's say, in a game involving shooting, if you could pay money for a better gun. Yeah. Yeah. Because you would simply pay the money for the better gun and you and have you a distinct advantage. Yeah. Like some of your Facebook games. Like a yeah. lot of your Facebook games. Yeah. Okay. So, backing up out of MOBAs for a bit, what's the first shooting game you got competitive in? Because I believe for you, it would be Halo 2, where you had large, where you had parties of people playing and you. Halo 2 or Unreal, one of the, the early Unreal Tournament games. You know, as far as just me personally, I did a little bit with Unreal, but mostly I played against bots. Uh, Halo 2, me and some buddies that I will work with, you know, work thirds with me. We had a run there for a while where we would all go home. As soon as we got home, we'd all jump on Xbox Live and proceed to, you know, shoot and stab and whatnot, grenade each other for, you know, two or three hours, and then we'd, you know, then we'd break them and go to bed. I got so good at the stabbing, they stopped letting me use swords. Now, while you were doing that, was there ever a point where you thought, there might, at some point, be people who do this eight hours a day practicing to make money off of it? No. Or any people who would be playing this consistently for money? Now, by that point, I was aware of, like, gold miners and some of the UMOs and stuff. Hmm. But as far as a professional player, no. It, it really had not occurred to me. Other than, you know, game testers and that kind of thing. Hmm. Todd, Father, same question to you about shooters. Did you, was there ever a shooter you got real big into or started? Um, well, we had the weekly Halo game. I was less, I was less shooters. Than I was uh, like uh, pro wrestling games because we had remember the comic shop oh, we had yeah. the, the wrestling league there for a while that was a thing so and so you had a competitive league but no money involved no no I'd never put money on a video game you know as huh. <laughs> I'm cheap <laughs> I'm not really going to put money on a lot of stuff. But you had, but you understood, you know, local competitions where it's just people came together and played. Yeah, the yeah. It, I mean, it's uh, with the uh, Nintendo NES. Me and a group of friends used to play. Uh, I think the name of that thing was WrestleMania. But yeah, it had a tournament mode basically for the heavyweight championship that I can remember all of us, you know, back in my den. Basically, you picking your character, and you know, we'd have basically a, a round robin, you know, till you finally got a champion. But yeah, we used to do that kind of stuff all the time. But as far as shooters go, nah. Other than the for a while, we had a weekly Halo Two game. 
we're basically you know, we'd shoot each other for a few hours and one of our buddies would basically just run around in a circle until he saw you on his screen and he'd drop a grenade at your feet and blow you both up. <laughs> yeah. Well, that was, that was the strategy. Uh, yeah, Giggity was not the most tactical of players. No. And, and the trick is, yeah, that would give him a kill, but it would take a kill because he killed himself, so... He never won. He, he never was like won. making other more active and doing it. Yeah. You know, you run up, you turn the corner, and it was like Blair Witch. You know, you turn the corner, and somebody's spinning, you'd actually get where you ran away from him. Because, you know, all <laughs> he was going to do in. was drop a grenade at your feet and blow you both up. When that off the game, we had them beat, well, they weren't married. The uh, engaged couple that fought, that worked as a team, even yep. every man for himself. Yeah, yeah. They cheat there. <laughs> <laughs> well, one of them was, why they didn't want to get married. Well, wow. Wow. Luckily for the... Luckily for the two of you, if you ever played competitive shooters, collusion like that would be against the rules and you'd be fine. Well, that's something where you have judges and stuff. Yes. Did either of you play Counter-Strike? Counter-Strike. Tactical shooter. You buy a loadout at the start of each round. You gain money from winning. That doesn't... Which one... It does not sound familiar. Which one was it that me, you, and our brother were playing for a while there? Uh, the game we played, which does have a competitive mode, was Crossfire. Okay, that's a, a Chinese, and people will call it a knockoff because one map's a direct copy of Dust 2, the most popular map in Counter-Strike. Was is actually still wildly popular in China. In fact, Mountain Dew even had a Counter-Strike Mountain Dew in China, hmm. which I really, really wanted to drink because I was big in that game. Probably just Mountain Dew. Probably just Mountain Dew, but still, it was neat to see. But Crossfire, from a Chinese point of view, didn't care as much, but from the American point of view, cared way too much because it became pay to win. That American players started dropping off by droves. Yeah. Where Chinese players seem to just have a steadier hand on it, just said, all right, we'll go with it. Which was real sad to me, but about the time Crossfire died off is when I jumped to Counter-Strike Go, or Counter-Strike Global Offensive, which was the most updated, and now has years on its age. Where, you know, with a Call of Duty, you go a year or two and then the next one comes out. Counter-Strike Global Offensive and now with Rainbow Six Siege in its third year, are the games where they they are a little, not quite wildly different from their original forms, but continue to change their form year after year. They do more like MMO where it's constantly updating. Yes. And it seems like this constant update status for a competitive game is how they will go until the software that it is made of gets too jumbled and too confusing for programmers to keep going, and they'll make a refreshed version. Because right now with League of Legends, there's something called spaghetti code, is a joke term for it, is where interactions become strange over time, because you're writing so many new rules for so many new characters that old rules start to interact differently than they were supposed to. And with it's basically you, you keep going and fiddling with it until you start breaking stuff unintentionally. Yes, and you have to go back and fix it. Which, to my knowledge, has only shown up in competitions a few times, where they've had to pause the game because one character's ability is invisible to one player and one player only. 
and they have to go and do something called a hot fix. When they pause the game, they have to restart it, unfortunately, and then they have to ban a character from the tournament temporarily until they fix the problem, can reproduce the problem, fix it, and then they can reintroduce the character. Well, anything competitive where money's involved, you have to have rules for when the yes. oddball stuff happens. Because, because there's nothing in the way. Yeah. Now, have, do either of you watch any competitive gameplay or any tournaments or leagues that you watch? Not me. That, that's literally something where I'm going, I'm too old for this. Well, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, I think it was just the entire thing. It's the young guy talking about something current while we sit here and go, eh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I have been curious to check out some of the Overwatch stuff, but I haven't done it yet. Just because Overwatch is a game that I enjoy in theory, but I suck so bad at it in actual play that I never played it for very long. Hmm. But I don't know. I, I take that back because I don't think I watch it on television because it's sanitized. I like watching people in a room play a game because there's often copious amounts of swearing and, you know, throwing things. Creative name calling. Yeah, yeah, you know. Watch Nothing that ever happened at the Halo games over at Night's Yeah, oh yeah, well, of course, everything was always so sanitized. But anyway, uh, it's just like uh, watching a friend of mine and the Hitman play Street Fighter. Oh yeah, that was, that was wonderful because, you know, it was... It was a whole lot of smack talk and, you know... Go was back. him playing his friend or him playing... It was him playing. No, it was him playing a friend of ours, and I put it up on Facebook of him playing him. Basically, yeah, man, I'm doing this, and he was like getting his butt kicked like over and over and over and over and over and over. Well, I'm in a wrestling game when you would play. Also, this was also against Hitman. When you would play Randy Orton, the Orton Slayer. Yeah, Randy Orton, the Orton Slayer. Yeah, because Hitman could not stand Randy Orton. And he could not beat me. Which, I, which I suspect is why you played him so much. Yep. <laughs> well, it's psychological warfare. Mm -hmm. Perfect as a hype man. So your dislike of watching was it sanitized? It doesn't have explosive personalities. It doesn't have it doesn't have the showing of two friends playing. Yeah, yeah. I I that's why I hate the fact that you don't get as much couch co op in games as you used to, because hell that's half the fun. Have the fun is sitting there with your friend, basically going, you know, like when we played Halo. Sometimes I'd be on the opposing team of somebody. If I saw them about to shoot, they go, "No, man, just shoot! I'm a, we're on the same team." And it's just enough to throw them off. That you know, you can stick a stick of grenade on the face and run off. I mean, that's. <laughs> I mean, that's. Now, you never played Halo online. No. When I was playing Halo online with uh, my two buddies from work, which Halo? Uh, Blue was Halo 2. Halo 2, okay. It had the midship map, which was one we played a whole lot. That's the one where they banned Shotguns me. and swords? Well, no, they eventually banned me from playing swords because I got so good at dropping off the walkway and hitting them with the insta-kill right before I landed on them. Nice. And then we do shoddy fest where yeah, shotguns were the only weapons and we just run around and blow each other down. But you got all that same reaction. It was only verbal because, you know, you had the hit. we all had the headsets. But you got all that reaction you were wanting, you know. Yeah. I just, I just figured trying to watch it on television, there's no way in hell you could say half the file stuff. Well, you know, me and you playing Goldeneye. If you want time. to go back, oh, are, yeah. you, are you looking at my screen? You're damn right I am. It's safe. If you yeah, want to zero in on you. I just be getting your head in the cross of hairs from across from right here. Oh, shit. And you go, <laughs> you cheating so and so. 
there is a game that you two could play called Screen Cheat. I have seen that, and every time I see it come up on Steam or somewhere, I think of the title. <laughs> now, if you want us, the the early, early, early competitive gaming from Korea in StarCraft and StarCraft Two was more seen like a boxing match. If that had any interest to you, where you had the two players come out kind of with entrances, sit down, and you'd have an announcer announce them, announce, you know, the map and everything they were doing. And it was seen a lot like a boxing match because you got the two players standing there with their computers and behind them were their screens where you could see what they were doing. And it was fast-paced because people had made StarCraft do such a fast-paced game by that point. But that was kind of the first, the first big competitive gaming that I can think of that showed up on TVs. And they based it off of actual sports. Right. You know, where you had the competitions and the showmanship and kind of how, you know, they use that as their template for how to, how to yeah. set it up initially. Yeah, because a big thing of why they call it eSports is they treat it like a sport. They treat it, you know, where you have a big crowd come that's hyped who are behind their team or behind their one, mm -hmm. that one player they're real behind. Because for a League of Legends comparison. There's a team called Unicorns of Love who everyone is behind and my friend who I will not name their actual name at least loved Unicorns of Love but he, he stated very clearly if they ever played a team called SKT, South Korea Telecom, which is the biggest team in the league he like would... New York Yankees of yeah, they have about the same record, I guess. I think the Yankees had a pretty good record early on. Yeah. SKT has the best record right now. The best player, or considered the best player in league, Faker, is on SKT. And my friend said, if they play SKT, I'm rooting for SKT, though, because I love Faker. Unicorn, the Unicorns were his favorite team. Faker was his favorite player. Yeah. Trucked the team for him. And that's the thing, it's like, even though we didn't speak their language, even though he could not understand things Faker said without a translator, he went, that person is charismatic enough and does well enough in-game and does fun things in-game, I'm for them. And a big thing was like, that's how you get people to like wrestlers, that's how you get people to like MMA fighters, that's how you get people to like boxers, is when they're allowed to just spew charisma out, people cling on. And that's another thing that seems to be growing in esports is the spectator aspect. Well, like or the personalities. Personalities and players attaching to them. Because another well-known League of Legends player, Dyrus, he retired from competitive playing and then began streaming on Twitch and everyone just went over and started watching him because they knew him and they loved him. So he basically became a commentator? No, no. He became a, I'm going to keep playing the game competitively but not in a ranked team, not in a team that goes to Worlds, not in a team that goes to tournaments. I'm just going to play the game and talk about it with y'all. You know, one-on-one -on -one interactions with chat on the side. Oh, okay. And people wanted that. People want to talk to their heroes. And the bunch of people that play ranked nowadays play wanting to, you know, join the ranks of people that get paid to play. Which is also another thing that 
is going to keep these games alive for years longer than you think they would. Because, let's face it, you played Halo 2. How long between Halo 2, or how long between Halo 3 starting did you drop off Halo 2 and pick up Halo 3? I had probably stopped playing Halo 2 before Halo 3 came out. Easy. Right, but with competitive games now, you know, Halo 2 came out, and was it two years before Halo 3? At least. I, I, I'd have to look it up to know yeah. for sure. There's a, a span of under five years between the two games, where League of Legends is now in its eighth yearly season. Which means, you know, eight years ago it started. Did it start up with seasons, or did it come out just as a game at first? It came out as a game at first, and then began season. So, okay, so nine years, eight seasons, nine and but it maybe nine or more years. Oh, right. okay. I didn't realize it was quite that old. Did you ever see a game come out and you go, "Well, I'll play this game for nine years"? You know, before yeah. internet, before massive multiplayer games. Even those, let's see, I played. Well, let's see, I played City of Heroes until Champions came out, but I'd gotten spotty on it. I'd always go back to it eventually. But, and then Champions Online, I played heavy for three years. And now it fizzled a bit, you know, every now and then. Did you ever play a game that lasted? And I'm sorry we're kicking you out of this. No, 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 go for it. Did you ever play a game for three or four hours and go, I may make zero progress or I may make negative progress in this game? No. No, I wouldn't. That's no. usually when I start dropping a game and I realize I'm, making no, I'm blowing all kinds of time making no progress. Because the big thing with League is it's ranked. They rank you in a way where it should be a 50-50 chance if you win or lose. That is rarely the case. But well, it's like all the matchmaking. Supposedly yes. they're trying to match you up and then I get another Overwatch game where you know, I'm level 16 and it's a level 80 or something. Level sixty or something on there, but anyway. But with that, but the, mind, attempt, the attempt is to match it with somebody similar. Yes, to match it where it's a 50-50 chance on both teams. Mm -hmm. Not necessarily everyone around you is the same level, but they try. But you know, players will pour hours in, and they may win, then lose, then win, then lose, and win, then lose, and that that generally slowly gets you up in scale. If you meet the 50-50 requirement, it starts pairing you upwards. The problem is. These players will start going on something called tilt and lose and lose and lose, and they will make negative progress, but they'll stay with the game because of a competitive spirit or a desire to start making money off of it or some kind of lust for the competition. Either they want, either they want to make money or they want to run their score up higher. Right. But previous to this, both of you state there isn't really a game where you allow that to happen, mm -hmm. but now it's almost the standard for competitive gaming at least. Yeah. It's, it's very strange to me to think about it, just because I'm like, when I was a kid, if we started losing real bad, we'd quit the game. You know, we'd back off and throw, throw it back and go, oh, I'll come back to it when I'm older. But now there's eight, you know, eight years, six of which I've been playing League, and I still go back to it for the competitive to try to push forward every year. Uh, any last comments about any competitive games you're interested in, or 
The only one I'd be interested in playing much, like as I mentioned earlier, was Overwatch. Really, because I like kind of the superhero aspect of it. And, you know, it's essentially a 3D uh, first-person shooter. Like I said, uh, I'm, I'm horrible at, at it when I'm playing people. Yeah, for me, it, it either have to be something with superheroes in it, or it have to be, like I said, a pro wrestling game. You know, those up until these latest WWE ones, where you know, kicking out of a pin is a basically a, a mini game. A mini game. Yeah, that that crap they could keep, which has kind of pushed me out of those. But yeah, back in the day, yeah, if it's up where I can beat somebody up, sweet. The shooting thing got a little. Oh, you got a little old because it's kind of easy. <laughs> you know, there's not a whole hell of a lot of stuff to it. It's, you know, okay, I run up on you, pull a trigger. Yeah. Yelling. <laughs> and I guess that should be it. Yeah, you good with this? Yeah. Right. Ask the people if there's anything they'd like to add or to comment about. If there's a competitive game that you play you think we should have mentioned or a competitive game you think shouldn't be a competitive game, or a game you think should be competitive but isn't, feel free to mention anywhere yeah. you would like to. Tell the token young guy where he can find one to play, where he can, you know, make money. Well, I don't make much money as a player. I would make more money as a shoutcaster, if anything. Oh, look at him, it sucks! You suck! Ooh. And you paid to do it. Yeah. You be taking his dream job. He's, He's my dream job. You're rich, you suck! Still available as hype man. <laughs> you crush your dreams. Look at your dreams. You lay down on the floor. You suck. And with that sterling comment, we will end this episode of Man. I'm too old for this. Show. See y'all later. Peace. <laughs>